Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Joystick Jockeys. Uh, I'm Ruben. And I'm DJ. It's the third time that we've done this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the, like the polite hesitance of like, oh, me, me now. Okay. It's me. Yes. It's my turn to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're coming. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we're, uh, you know, I'm talking about nerd culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I'm doing a great job of this. I'm really knocking it out of the park. <laughs> Yes, you're doing a fantastic job. It's been really, really good. I mean, we first we we opened our first episode with talking about sentient anime breasts. Somehow mm-hmm. the conversation landed on that. And then what what gems did we talk about last okay, week? Okay, well, we didn't we didn't open the episode that way. Like we organically <laughs> found our way to it <laughs> in a very like nuanced. It was it was almost an academic discussion. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, it could have it could have been. We could have taken this and submitted it. As a TED Talk? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll put little head microphone, little tiny Britney Spears microphones on our faces. Yes. And then, yeah, talk about it. And just, and just talk about sentient anime breasts. And then last week, uh, the last show that we did, uh, everything is kind of becoming a blur now because we just kind of just go off on these little tangents talking about really, re- really obscure things. And, and there are some video game stuff sprinkled in there a little bit. I like I like how by episode three we're already in that like oh it's all just a blur now it's right. already <laughs> we're already traumatized by our own show yeah um, but thanks for tuning in and listening um, yeah we're you know let's uh, I guess we can we can talk about uh, I don't know what's going on what's going on with games and nerd stuff DJ what's what's happening um things things okay <laughs> yeah very specific there, specificity is I, the <laughs> that's the name of the game with this show it's very we're very specific and targeted um, but. Yeah, I guess this week I've been playing a lot of Splatoon, as always. Oh, cool. I play mm-hmm. a lot of that all day, every day, and um, it's it's a lot of fun. I I really love that game. I know that you're still kind of trying to find the love. For the yeah, game. I still don't. I don't think there's ever been a game that I've. I don't think I've played a game like recently that I've wanted to like mm-hmm. as much as I've, I want to like Splatoon, yeah. and I can't bring myself to. And I think it's just because I'm not playing it with friends yet. Yeah. Um, now that you can do that. Now that that the game supports it finally, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because I, I love—I mean, I love everything about the presentation and and how it's like set up and everything. But um, yeah, I what was it? I played a little bit earlier this week, and we, I kept getting the same map over and over again because there's only—I don't know—is it four maps on rotation now? Um, so during like a Splatfest, there's always three maps on rotation, but mm-hmm. um, there are two maps on uh, standard battles, and there are two different maps on ranked. So what tends to happen, um, I notice this happens a lot, is whenever me and my friends are playing, um, we're, we're hoping that we get the other map, and mm-hmm. we keep getting the same map for like five or six games, and then we'll get the one game where it switches maps, and then we'll go back to the map that we were playing five other times previously. So I think they need to do some actual rebalancing of the maps, or literally have it alternate each round, as opposed to being it, to it being random, because I think that would kind of help the balance of um, of those games because there are just some maps that that me and my friends just perform a lot better on, and mm-hmm. we just because we I think we just we just know the maps a little bit better, so there are yeah. just some that are better than than others, and it's like man, can we please just get the other one that's in the rotation? We got I got like the uh, I think it was the skate park map like oh I mean it was probably like seven times in a row, mm-hmm. and we got bodied every time like not like seventy percent killed. Mm-hmm. Um, which is insane. Like seventy percent is a pretty big margin to win by in Splatoon. Definitely. Um, 
And uh, and it was it was frustrating because I know the maps are technically symmetrical, mm-hmm. but just whatever I don't know whatever it was, just uh, it was demoralizing. And I was just like, "Fuck, yeah. fuck this game." <laughs> yeah. So what you'll be happy to know, at least, is when if you're playing um, a private lobby with just you and seven other friends, um, you can mm-hmm. pick whatever game modes you want and whatever maps you want. Oh, that's cool. So you have full reign to kind of do whatever, which is really really fun because then we get to, we get to play the maps that we actually really enjoy all the time so it's so it's it really starts it re- the game really shines now that we have these features which again should have been available day one however it's here now and it really just makes the game so much better and i was actually i was actually talking to bill trinan on twitter um <laughs> about, <laughs> Whoa, yeah about, about about the um about the game and about how it's i already really enjoyed it prior to the um to the to the patch but it's only gotten so much. It's gotten exponentially better now with all these updates. But it's really, it really, really shines. Much like other Nintendo games, shines when you're playing with friends. And they're, mm-hmm. yeah. they're supporting it really well. Like mm-hmm. especially for an internet, like a web, like a multiplayer-based Nintendo game, yep. it's gotten way more support. And what's cool is that you know it's all it's all free. Like it's always going to be free DLC, free everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised at how often they're they're giving you new weapons and new maps and everything. Yeah. Um, but there's still st- stuff like uh, if you're not playing ranked battles, I don't think you have access to, or at least that I've seen, you don't have access to the special game types, like game modes, in normal battle, or they're not in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, so and it's like, oh, that you know that mode sounds interesting, but there's no way for me to play it unless I want to go play ranked mm-hmm. or I do private, uh, yeah. which means I have to have friends available. Right. Yeah. So I wish there was a little bit more more freedom with that. I wish you could actually search by like you know what they have in other games, like search by conditions and game mode type and mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and then you can just hop into a game with like a friend or two and just play together. So um, I think there's still some evolution of the online multiplayer aspects of the game that could still that they could still enhance, and that could definitely happen in time. But um, for right now, it's I, I want to say it's a little bit more than bare than bare bones for online matchmaking tools. Just a little bit more so than that, but not by much. But what what's there has been good. It's been solid. But you definitely, I definitely recommend hopping on a Skype call with a bunch of your friends and and playing together, doing a squad mode and ranked, and that's the four of you just going up against a bunch of different people. I really, even if you you go up and down in rank, which I cannot get above C. <laughs> Right now, mm-hmm. I keep teetering up and down between um, between C minus and B, so I'm just trying to get to B and I can see if I can stay at B at least for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's tough, but it's fun. Um, I'm really enjoying it. But uh, we gotta we gotta play sometime, boo boo. We gotta we gotta play together. So the, yeah, no, I, I'd love to. Uh, and, and there's a new mode, right? Um, which I I know nothing about. Rainmaker mode. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you could explain that to me. Yeah, I can. Um, Rainmaker mode is really, really fun. I think of all the ranked battle modes that are available, it's the one that I'm the best at. So essentially what happens, it's kind of like when you're playing tower defense in the aspect to where both both teams are trying to go to the center of the stage and then you're trying to control this like this like really cool a golden dragon head uh, gun. It's kind of like the Ink Zuka, but it's like you hold it up and charge it up. And it makes little mm-hmm. mini tornadoes, and then if you charge it up all the way, it makes a gigantic one. So basically, what you want to do, you want to grab this weapon and navigate to the other the other um, team's side of the stage. There's a little platform that you have to get to, and if you plant the plant the weapon on the opposing team's platform, you win. Mm-hmm. So I think it, the time mode is set to five minutes, and it's just like you and your team trying to trying to get the person that has the rainmaker weapon to 
the other the opposing team's platform to win. So, so you're you're always sort of like slowly pushing an objective to a location, more or less. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there's there's a mode in TF2 that's very similar, um, very 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 similar to that. So that makes sense. That sounds fun. It's um, really fun. It's really really fun. And then is it is it uh, as far as win conditions is paint coverage still important or is this uh, is it just like how close you get your thing to your base or yeah it's all about how close you get to to um, to the opposing team's uh, little platform um, so definitely you want to ink space you want to ink the around surrounding you so that you can have your um, your special your special weapon so that you can you know plow people away from you or have the bubbler and and have everybody being defended in that little bubble and. Or whatever, whatever loadout that you're using, um, it's all about just and better getting, mobility. Yeah. yeah, and mobility. So um, I, it's getting to the point now where you have to really have specific gear for specific game modes. So mm-hmm. I definitely that's have, interesting. I definitely have a, um, a, a loadout, a gear loadout set for playing turf wars, and I'm working on making um, a gear set for playing ranked battles specifically, just because it requires a different. It's a different style of gameplay when you're playing these ranked battles because it's not about coverage. Which when I'm playing turf wars. I have like ink saver main, ink saver sub, and um, ink recovery up, things like that. And then I have like speed boost so that my character's faster and covers the ground a lot more while optimizing how much ink I have. Whereas in ranked battles, it's all about having defense, having your defensive so that you can stay alive longer to, to hold the ground or hold the fort or control the space or the tower a lot faster. So um, it's definitely two different ways of thinking when playing these two different, these various gameplay modes. And it's like, man, you get, you really do have to think about what it is that you're doing and what kind of gear you have for each of these settings. So the Splatoon meta, if you will, is evolving, which is pretty cool. Do you uh, do you find that um, uh, Rainmaker? Because I know Splatoon, like one of the things that's inter- interesting to me about it is that it's not necessarily about killing the other team's uh, players. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does help, but like that's not what you want to focus. Yeah. Do you find that Rainmaker there is a little bit more focus on that because it's not about ink coverage necessarily? Oh, absolutely. I think that the rank battle modes are more it has more of an emphasis on um, on actually um, killing your teammates. Because you want to get them out of your way so that you can push forward. So um, it's definitely there's a definitely a bigger emphasis on splatting your enemies in uh, in ranked battles in all the modes for in ranked, because the kill count of I've seen people get in ranked is crazy. Like there have been times where I've had eleven kills, and then maybe in um, in turf wars you have like four to five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a different mindset going into these these separate game modes, but. Um, it's it's really fun. I've I've really found myself enjoying it a lot more um, than I did prior to the patch. Um, it's it I I can't even really begin to describe it outside other than that. It's it's really fun. There's two different ways of playing for sure, and um, I think we're gonna start seeing um, a competitive Splatoon being a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I actually saw um, there's some esports company that actually just signed their first competitive Splatoon team of four. Oh, cool! So it's it's happening, and I know that um, a bunch of other esports um, people are are consider are heavily considering Splatoon and and really wanting to kind of get into that and it being competitive because I think Nintendo is pushing it there. I know I said it in um, the previous show that there there's more of an emphasis on this game being competitive. Yeah, they ran ads all during Evo for yep. Splatoon, uh, which is like I I don't know why you would do that unless you're trying to uh, appeal to people that are into. Um, mm-hmm. Esports, 
Yeah. Like it's an esport event. So why else would you do it? Exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, I think that it's there. I think it's going to be really fun to see kind of what happens with it. Um, me and my friends have a little group called um, In the Ink. So like whenever we're playing together, we have our little tag. It's like ITI and then our name or whatever. So it's it's really fun. How <laughs> we just mm-hmm. squat, we just like squat up and get on a Skype call and and just play. It's it's really really fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting that like, there's there seems to be this move now to if you have an online multiplayer game, um, it there's it, it's not it used to be that you would release a game and there the community would grow up around it and then the developer would be like oh this is something that we can have tournaments for because we have such a big community and people are sort of setting up their own tournaments let's make this um, a legitimate thing yeah and now I feel like I'm seeing developers make games where they're sort of positioning them and advertising them as a new esports event Um, and it's interesting because it's like it's sort of like watching these companies try to create new sports Um, that's like literally what they're doing like Splatoon is such a different style of FPS that it's like this is a new uh, FPS style of sport that has you know maybe a a broader um, a a broader group of people that can come into it And, and most likely at least I'd imagine a less toxic community um than most on, like competitive online fps's yeah absolutely i definitely feel like the um, the vibe of um the splatoon communities because like i know we're i'm part of one for our for northern california and, and uh it's all been just really really positive people are posting like their their uh, their gear sets and like if they think they should re-roll them and try to get new different abilities and talking about strategies and sharing art and all that stuff. So it's been really, really positive, and um, the grassroots effort coming from um, having a competitive Splatoon um, community has been really cool and really positive. I think um, the people are learning from the missteps of past competitive uh, communities. So, like using Smash as an example, which in some instances can be very toxic, but has positive moments. And I think the people going into Splatoon with it being a new IP, this is the first of its kind ever. There's no expectations. There's no. There's no bias because there wasn't a previous installment of the game, so people are a lot more open and willing to kind of cultivate this positive environment. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be salt. There's always going to be salt, no matter what, no matter oh, what sure. game or what IP it is. But from what I've seen, from kind of just observing, it's been it's been really positive and really really cool. So um, I'm yeah, all I mean, about I- it. When I was gotten, when I got like the other day, I, I said when I was playing, um, when I got bodied like seven times in a row, and it's it is funny because it is a, a uniquely Nintendo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty relaxed when I play stuff, but uh, Nintendo, uh, some of their games are just like in the most fun way, the most infuriating. Like Mario Kart makes me swear more than anything. Absolutely. And man, Splatoon, I was getting so frustrated playing Splatoon and getting Same. like destroyed so bad every time. Same. Um, it was yeah, it was it was fun. Um, cool. Are you, are you playing anything else uh, um, lately, or is it just Splatoon all day? Um, it's been it's been a lot of Splatoon, but um, one of my friends, one of my dear friends in Seattle, um, his name is Brady, who is lovely, and he's also the person that is flatting this comic book that I'm working on. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, he. Um, I, I mentioned on stream on Thursday at uh, the Smash tournaments that I that I commentate for, and we were talking about Earthbound, and we were talking. I was talking about how I haven't played through that game. I've I, I like it. I think it's amazing. But I've never physically played through it, and I had and I hadn't bought it yet on the eShop. And he t- sent me a text and was like, "Here, play this game. Here's your download code." And I'm like, "Oh, that's very sweet of you." So I'm that's gonna, awesome. So I'm gonna definitely start digging into that. I think I need to clear some space on my um, 
on my Wii U's hard drive or just need to get another get another SD card or something so I can um, play some more games on it. But Earthbound is definitely going to be the next game on my list. And beyond that, um, I haven't even really been playing a lot of Smash Brothers recently. I've just been really doing a lot of art stuff recently. Um, been doing that. Had a, had a kind of tumultuous last weekend and uh, kind of just threw myself into my work. And, uh, and then um, just been playing Splatoon all week. But beyond that, I'm looking around my apartment and seeing what else has been on rotation. Oh, I've been playing a little bit of Skullgirls, too, because I wanted to pick up another fighting game. So mm-hmm. um, I've been playing a little bit of Skullgirls here and there, and I really like that game. It's so much fun. I've heard, I've heard that mechanically it's really, really good. Um, yeah. like it's a really tight game, yeah. uh, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I do love the art, and it's awesome. There. I love that it's a bunch of, like, um, sort of... Uh, it's a bunch of like it, artists that like I know I know online and I follow their work online, mm-hmm. um, and it's cool that they all kind of like came together to work on uh, Skullgirls, yeah, and do some really cool stuff with it. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Like I haven't been, um, I haven't been playing like Destiny. I haven't really touched much of De- much of Destiny this week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, though the if if you do play Destiny, you probably know like Zer Soul uh, Zer, who is the merchant that shows up on the weekends mm-hmm. um, from like uh, it's like Friday morning at four a.m. EST mm-hmm. to like Sunday morning. Uh, he was selling Galahorn, which he's only done once before. And Galahorn is Galahorn's a rocket launcher in Destiny that is insanely powerful, like easily the most powerful weapon in the game by yep. far. Um, it's a really really rare uh, weapon drop. And uh, he, I think he sold it, like, in the second week of the game when, like, no, like, a lot of people didn't understand, like, how powerful it was or didn't have the currency to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been purely a, a random RNG drop since then. Um, and I've, I've had three drop for me in my time playing it, but I have friends who have played twice as many hours as me, like 500, uh, 500 hours or so, mm-hmm. and have never had it drop. Um, so everyone was going crazy this weekend about the fact that it was, it was viable. And I think it's funny because it's, it's viable, but, uh, it's sort of been said that when the Taken King, uh, DLC comes out in September, mm-hmm. that Galahorn is no longer going to be like the weapon. Oh, um, okay. so I think, I think they're kind of like, let's l- let people have fun with it and enjoy it and like maybe start playing again. And get back into it because they have a fun new weapon to use. Mm-hmm. So they get hooked. So they might want to buy Taken King when it comes out, or yeah. they're more inclined to. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to necessarily upset the balance of the game because we're going to have weapons that are, are stronger, um, which is is really smart uh, mm-hmm. on their end. Um, what I have been playing a lot though is uh, um, Link to the Past because you're talking about Earthbound, how you never really played through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this same thing with Link to the Past. Like, I really like Zelda games, but there's a lot of them that I haven't played through all the way mm-hmm. or um, have only played, like, the beginning of. Yeah. So uh, I fired it up on my Wii U. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's really good. Like, I think it has some frustrations that I have with the old Zelda games. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, people, I can hear people right now being like, well, old games don't tell you how to do everything and new games do, and that's just, like, suck it up, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but, like, I love Bloodborne, and that game doesn't tell you shit. Right. Um, so I don't have a problem with that, necessarily. I think sometimes there's, like, really obtuse stuff in, in old games, especially old Zelda games. Yeah. Uh, like, Link's Awakening is way worse about it. Link's Awakening is like, hey, you gotta do this thing and then do this thing, but they don't tell you that there's, like, four steps between that you have to do and you only will know that you have to do them if you talk to like this npc in this village so you just end up kind of like running through villages and talking to everyone every time you have to do anything yeah um 
And as a young child, that was fine because I had a bunch of time to blow on doing that. But <laughs> as an adult, I'm a little bit more like, uh, I don't know, it, it sucks that like gaming's becoming, I still enjoy it by all means, but it's becoming, it's, it definitely has become more goal oriented in some ways. Yeah. Where I'm like, cool, let's move ahead. Let's get the next thing done. Let's, we know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, there was a weird moment where, and this, if you, if people have played Link to the Past, you'll know what I'm talking about. In the third, so the game basically has you do like three dungeons and you get the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. And then it opens up the Dark World and then there's like seven dungeons. And that's like really where the meat of the game starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that last dungeon, there is an item called the Moon Pearl. And if you don't have the Moon Pearl when you go to the Dark World, you like, you're a rabbit. Like you get turned into a rabbit. Yeah. Um, and you can't do shit as a rabbit at all besides like walk around. I also think it's funny. One of the NPCs says that you turn into the thing that like your heart like wants or embodies most like your true form. So I'm like, why does Link want to be a pink rabbit so bad? <laughs> it just like, seems weird to me that he's just like, yeah, it's me. I'm a pink rabbit. That's what I want to be Sweet. deep down. <laughs> um, so uh, if you have the moon pearl, though, you keep your form as Link. You can actually like do shit. So you're supposed to get it while you're in that castle. Um, but you can easily complete that castle without getting the moon pearl, which is what I did. I just forgot that the the chest was even there and blew through it. So I beat, like, I think it's like Aghanim or something. And when you beat Aghanim, it sends you to the Dark World. And there's only two ways that you know how to get, at least early on, that I know how to get to the Dark World. There is a warp pad up on Death Mountain uh, that you can use an item to, like, go across to. Mm-hmm. And then after you beat that wizard. So doing things out of order, having to go back and get the moon pearl, I like. I was like, oh, I guess I should go. It was an event that sent me to it last time, so I should go to that warp pad to take me back to the dark world. And you can't get to the dungeon you need to get to that way at all, even if you're like in Zelda form. Mm-hmm. And so I spent like a good hour just like, what the, like, how the fuck, like, what? I don't understand. <laughs> and I, I had to end up like, I had to look it up that you have to go back to the castle where you be Aghanim, and when you go through the gate, it just sends you to the Dark World. And I was just like, but that was a story event trigger that did that, that he did as a wizard, and now you've turned it into a location-based trigger event, which doesn't make sense to me, which is why I didn't try it. And I, it was just one of those things that I was like, ah, game design. G- game um, design. And most people will be like, just suck it up, Ruben, which they're probably right. Um, <laughs> but I was definitely just like... Like, Wah. <laughs> yeah, I just had a moment of like, oh, God, that was like not clear at all. Um, and it wouldn't have been a problem if I didn't miss that Moon Pearl, but they let you complete that dungeon without it. But it is, it's really good. I don't think it dethrones. Um, my, 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 I don't know, one of my, if not my favorite game of all time, one of my favorite games is definitely Super Metroid. Yeah. And it doesn't, so far, it's not dethroning that for me. And I played Super Metroid later in life, so it wasn't really a nostalgia thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really, really good. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. And good. it's very charming, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, I want to play Earthbound at some point too. I've played like the first couple hours of it, but I, I, I never beat it. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into that. I dig into both of those because I haven't touched Link to the Past um, in over ten, ten plus years. So I, I'd mm-hmm. like to go back and revisit that game again too. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like sometimes um, people will play it. Well, will remember a game, but they're remembering it through like nostalgia goggles. And, oh, for sure. And while a ama- while some of those things are amazing, it's like. This was actually really bad design in in certain in certain aspects. I mean, I'm no like I'm no game designer by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like, man, this is kind of clunky or or, or bad. Because I, re- I remember going back because I got a I got the Devil May Cry Four um, special edition thing for PS4, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they're and I'm playing the game, and after playing like action games like Bayonetta and um, and um, Metal Gear Rising, I'm like, man, this game feels stiff by comparison. It's still fun, but it feels so. It feels old. It feels stiff. So it's, I definitely think that um, while I still love all of those games and I love Link to the Past and all those other old games too, it's like we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's part of why I'm glad that um, and I'm sure like again people will, like cry blasphemy about this, but I'm I'm really glad that they've got SquareSoft or Square Enix rather has gone on record saying that the FF7 remake they're going to retweak it. Like it's not just going to be like here, here's beautiful graphics and the exact same gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the battle system is going to be different. Yeah. Um, and as someone who like, I can still play really basic turn-based uh, JRPG games sometimes and like them. Like it's actually one of the things I have with Earthbound. I think Earthbound is the design and the quirkiness of the writing is amazing, and that yeah. that atmosphere of that game is amazing. Uh, the combat is a little bit bland for me because it's just very basic turn-based combat. Yeah. Um, like, I love, I love, love, love Pokemon, but I have the same problem with Pokemon sometimes where I'm like, oh, okay, like, well, I'm just going to pick a thing and wait a turn again. Um, yeah. So I'm, like, really glad at the at the thought of Final Fantasy VII having maybe a more active combat of mm-hmm. some sort. It doesn't have to be crazy, but, like, right. even, like, Final Fantasy X, uh, that was, I think, a really good marriage of it's still pretty much turn-based combat, but it's very, very fast, and there's lots of like things that you can change on the fly and and uh, and like do to to strategize differently. Yeah, I I really liked that game, Final Fantasy X. That is, I I re- played it last last year, literally mm-hmm. last year. That was a game that I I literally sat there and played because um, I bought a bunch of uh, JRPGs at the time, and I'm like, I need to play through 10. I need to have a more informed like a more informed opinion on Final Fantasy 10 like as an adult because that game came out when I was in high school. I was mm-hmm. in 10th grade when that game came out and I was playing it and I'm like this is stupid. I'm going to go play Smash Brothers and I never touched it again. And so my memories of the game, it felt like a, like a brand new game to me when I went back and I played it again like as a 29-year-old adult playing the game again and I can understand the themes and all that stuff of the game. And I really enjoyed that world. I really enjoyed those themes. The voice acting is terrible. Oh my but God. It's, it's that, still that Cetus laugh. <laughs> oh God. I have to send you a video ah, later. Ah, 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 <laughs> so good. I, I love send, it. I have to send you a video later. Um, it's, it's really, really funny. And you're going to be like, this is the worst thing on the planet. Why did you send this to me? No, there's, I, I mean, is it, is it the big bang theory one? Oh, no, 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 no. Because there there's a Big Bang Theory video where they took out the laugh track and they replaced it with Titus doing oh, the laugh of the laugh track. <laughs> and it's, it is fucking, I, I, I actively dislike Big Bang Theory. Like, I, yeah. I really do not enjoy that show. Um, I think, I know there's a lot of nerds out there that do like it and that's great. I just, to me, it, like, it very much talks down to nerds as far as, like, you're always laughing at, like, whoa, how zany and crazy nerds are. Right. Um, as opposed to it just being, like, nerdy. And there's a couple, like, good nerdy jokes I've seen in it. But, yeah, man, when someone someone replaced all the laugh tracks with that Titus laugh, and it kills me. It's oh, so good. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out, and we'll have to link that to the people. Um, when the show goes live, we'll share a link out. That's, <laughs> that is great. Um, but, yeah, um, nostalgia, nostalgia glasses are real, but... We still love those games, no matter uh, how, how, ten how is, they are. I, I would say ten is still like probably the most mechanically sound of the yeah. Final Fantasy games. Like the, the way, the, like the sphere grid's not like my favorite way of leveling up, but actual like combat is mm-hmm. fun because it's really really fast and yep. you're constantly swapping in and out. Um, 
it's fair. Like, you know, people get, as long as they're in the battle at all, they get experience points, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, yeah, it's just really, man, I love that game. I need yeah. to go back and like and play it again because it's really good. You should. And if you do, you should get it on PS4 so that, you, mm-hmm. so that we can stream it. And then we can just talk about Final Fantasy stuff on our stream. Get that HD version. Oh, yep. Because I, I bought it on PS3, but I'm like, maybe if I just buy it, if I buy it again on PS <laughs> on PS4, I'll justify it by playing playing Final Fantasy uh, thir- uh, 10 2 on it because I didn't I didn't play through 10 2 mm-hmm. on uh, the PS3 version of it, and I wanted to, but I think at that point I was I was so burnt out from grinding so much in 10 and just on that super that super J. JRPG grind fest for it towards uh, at the end game. I'm mm-hmm. like, nah, I need a break. <laughs> I yeah, I don't. I, I know that like grinding's a part of like JRPGs, sort of. But fuck, like I really, I I would prefer I would prefer if if they made it so like RPGs never have a grind phase again. It's like if you just want to like play this game straight and just like whatever random battles you get into, like they should make it playable and beatable maybe not like the easiest to beat, mm-hmm. but playable and beatable just going straight through the story mm-hmm. and then if you want to be like crazy op and have like the coolest fucking abilities and summons then that's where it's like you get rewarded for grinding yeah um, definitely. but otherwise like because there's some games where i'm just like i just want to play through the story and right. see what's going on and, right. and beat this and then some games i'm like i'm gonna play this forever and and be level 99 billion yeah that was me with Persona. I'm like, I gotta get all my social links. I gotta be friends. With, <laughs> I gotta be friends with everybody. Gotta go to the soccer club. I gotta, I gotta go, go to, to the drama club. I gotta go to drama club. I gotta go to soccer club. I gotta go babysit that kid. I gotta go to the hospital and talk to the girl with her dying dad. I gotta do. I gotta do all <laughs> this. I, I want to be friends with everybody because then that benefits me in battle and I can destroy everyone. Yeah, but DJ, if you're friends with everyone, aren't you also kind of not really close friends with anyone? Mind blown. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, when is where does Persona deal with that? It's like, oh, hey, sorry guys, I can't hang out because I got to, you know, hang out with 80 other people. So everyone gets just a tiny bit of my time. Yeah, it kind of does though. It kind of forces you to make cuz like what happens if you, you know, you start that link with a bunch of people and then it cuts to like after you go to class and it's like, "Hey, you want to hang out with like Mayumi today? She's like she asked you to hang out with her after school." And then like you basically it'll queue up like three or four people. <laughs> Like talking to you, they're like, so and so wants to hang out with you, and then you have to choose yes or no. And so, like, and you see, like, the little the little avatar, the, the, the little drawing of the character because they, you know, they blink and they smile at you and all that yeah. stuff. And then we just say no, they're like, oh, I see. And then it's like, like, Mayumi looks sad. And then it's like star swipes away, and then it comes back to the next person that wants to hang out with you. So it forces you to choose one person to hang out with because you can basically only do one event that day it's like you have to choose who you want to hang out with and then it shows you like the persona forecast for um for that person that you're talking to so it's like oh well you're in this particular dungeon these particular monsters could help you in battle and these are the enhancements that you would get by hanging out with this person and increasing your social link but remember you could only hang out with one person before you gotta go home and that's where that game needs to like get off my dick option where it's just like (laughs) no i'm not gonna hang out with any of y'all yeah i'm gonna go home read some like dirty ass hentai doujinshi shit Jerk off and then go to sleep. It's kind of an option. Because, oh, good. Like, that can, should you, be an option. Because you, you, you could like opt to not hang out with any of them and go home and do homework or read a book or <laughs> or, or like you have those options. My and, book is way more important and interesting than you guys. Fuck off. <laughs> 
yeah, so like it forces you to, you know, to really manage your relationships with people because you can't just like arbitrarily hang out with with anybody. So That's why I'm, I'm no good at dating sims. I'm just like, go home, eat bad food, <laughs> watch anime. It's like, oh, but your childhood friend really wants to hang out with you. Oh, and it rained today, and you can sort of see through her shirt. And I'm just like, go home, sleep, <laughs> read comics. Yeah, I'm going to go home, dick around, and watch anime. Yeah. And then well, post on Twitter. And then <laughs> if that's an option, that would be amazing. It's like, oh, Yuki-chan's looking at you funny. And like, go home, sleep, <laughs> update Facebook, get into a political discussion with some asshole on Facebook, spend three hours like back and forth. And then like that's the, that's yeah. the dating sim I want. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then at the and then at the end, it's like your courage has increased. Like your social justice warrior <laughs> points have increased. You now have this weapon. You are now keyboard warrior. Like you have all. <laughs> Yeah, like you, you, you just really don't do combat anymore. Everything is just argumentative. Like, uh, like you just convince everyone to stop fighting at that point. What forward. if, what if the combat in said in said JRPG was basically you composing tweets? God, that sounds fucking insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's like let's let's take like my least favorite part of social media, which is like dealing with dipshits, being like, well. Uh, let me explain this thing to you about, you know, homosexuals or women's rights. Yeah. Or, like, let me tell you how, what men's rights are about. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, let's just make that into a video game where I get to, like, do it fake. <laughs> that sounds great. It's like, it's, it's really about ethics and anime journalism, Ruben. Oh, my God. Don't. <laughs> there is, uh... I don't even want to get into it because there is, there, there is enough... There's enough of a. There's actually, I think, about SPJ Airplay this weekend, which was sort of a, Ugh. like, uh, it was a little, it was a little thing in Miami that was um, like Gamergate people and people from journalism debating some ethics stuff. Um, you know, hopefully some like good stuff came out of it. But um, at the same time, I looked at some of the the, the panelists, like Milo Yiannopoulos, whatever his name is, who's a writer for Brett Bart, which is a you know a shitty fucking website. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like I'm not pulling punches here, really. Uh, yeah, like, uh, hopefully, hopefully, like, I don't know. I'm like, uh, here, I'll, I'll say this, because I don't think I ever hear other podcasts say it outright. Uh, I would, I would, I would say we're clearly, like, not down with Gamergate on this podcast. Yeah, we're not. Um, in any, in any way. I think there's well-meaning, there's, like, well-meaning people in the movement that, you know, do want to talk about ethics and game journalism, Mm -hmm. and that's something that should be talked about. Yeah. But, like, do it under a different banner. Right. And do it under... A different thing that's actually about that, yeah. Because at large, your community and like I, you know, and I, I look at Kotaku in action, which is the subreddit for Gamergate, um, frequently, mm-hmm. um, to see what's going on. Because I, I like to like keep up with it because I'm curious about if if they're sort of getting on the right track about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's still bullshit quotes about post about Zoe Quinn and other stuff uh, more than frequently enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like you know, August is a year from when the, actually this is the anniversary pretty much of when all that shit started. Wow. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just like, hey, if you actually want to like talk about that stuff, that's cool. Like, we should we should hold video games. It, it's becoming a more sophisticated art form yeah. as we go, and uh, art forms should have critique. Yeah. Um, and they should have critique from from people like Anita Sarkeesian and people not like Anita Sarkeesian. We should right. see like all sides of it, just yeah. like any other medium. Um, but like, just don't 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 like don't have it come from something that literally started out with slut shaming a game developer 
about having like a sexual relationship with someone and then fabricating the story about like about a Kotaku writer giving her special attention in article write-ups because they like fooled around or in a relationship, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It's been so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, and, and if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you're down with Gamergate, you know, sorry if like that's, this isn't for you. Yeah. Like RB. Um, and not even our bad, just like, sorry if this isn't for you. And hopefully you find a podcast that you dig and that's like more um, for you. But, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, with difference of opinion and that's cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, we, could, we could not agree and still be friends. Like that, that's the whole thing too. And I feel like, like social media and internet culture has cultivated this whole thing. It's like, well, if you don't agree with the thing that I really, really like, or the thing that I really, really don't like, it's not possible for us to have a relationship like, as two different people with variants, with, like, different varying opinions on things, it's like, no, those, that, that is possible. There are things, like, there are things that both you and I might not necessarily like, or mm-hmm. we don't, we don't agree, like, it's like, I don't really like this, and I don't really like that. Like, you really like FPS games? I really don't. I don't hate you for that. There's no reason for me to hate you for that. It's like, that's just something that Ruben really likes, and I, and I don't. That doesn't make me think of him any, any differently. It's like, God, you... You only Are like you me. sure? I'm, I'm 100% sure I love you. <laughs> Good. 100% sure someone's at my door, but I can't answer it because I am busy. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> well, actually, we can edit this part out. Give me one second. Yeah, no problem. The power of editing. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, I was hoping that it was someone who somehow heard our podcast as we were recording and was like, "Hey, let me talk to you about ethics and game journalism." Really quick, yeah. just like at your door immediately. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, let's let's keep that in, but we'll cut out the part where I actually went to the door. We can keep that in. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, um, DJ and Ruben. It's actually about ethics and games journalism. So I would like to bring up some points that I think are very valid. Um, <laughs> And uh, no, yeah, yeah. If they're valid, I'll listen to them. If yeah. they're valid, but if they're shit, I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but like you were saying, I, th- I think America, America is very obsessed about being a binary culture, and I think a lot of cultures are in general. Yep. Um, and that's binary, like in everything, whether it's like uh, right wing or left wing, or uh, you know, gay or straight, mm-hmm. black or white, like whatever it is. Everyone kind of wants it to be this thing or the other, and if it's anywhere in between, it's like seen as weak or wishy washy or weird or whatever else. Um, and uh, because and like there's no balance on the extreme side of either spectrum, yep. in my opinion, I think like the best thing is to be balanced about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like no one likes that. Like you, it's 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 even hard. It's hard to like be popular as a podcast or a writer or anything else if your opinions are sort of middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, like if or like you know if they're if they're rational if you have rational opinions, right. uh, people like to read things that and like I'm not I'm not immune to it. People like to read things that reaffirm how they feel mm-hmm. and are even usually stronger sounding than how they feel. Yeah. Uh, to kind of because it's like oh you're saying the stuff that I wish I could say, uh, but I don't because I'm trying to be cool about it. Uh, and it sucks because it just polarizes everyone. When it's like we could all just like you know be reasonable and meet in the middle about a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, that's where conversations actually need to happen but people tend to jump to conclusions and assume like based off of one 140 character response or 
post or whatever whatever it is whatever it is like people tend to jump to conclusions about things without having a dialogue and it's not necessarily to the fact that they can they have access to these people to have a dialogue with them about it but they'll just make these rash assumptions about people like Anita Sarkeesian or whoever else and just like well that's 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 their mo and that's who they are and whatever but yeah I mean I think there's there's a time and place to where people should be able to kind of like meet somewhere in the middle and having an opinion that's kind of in the middle of the road is okay. But yeah. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm only, I'm only going to have an issue with you if you like actively try to be an asshole or right. like say really inflammatory things or like, you know, there's things where there, you know, there is no middle ground to me where it's like, yeah, if you're like intensely, like if you're racist or uh, misogynist or homophobic or like any of that stuff, I'm going to be like, okay, well you're just wrong. Like that's just wrong. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, there's no middle of the road there for me. Uh, yeah. We can still talk about it if you want to, but you're just wrong about that sort of thing. Um, but in most things, I try to be pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, actually, just because, you know, we talk about on this show that it's part of our thing is it's, it's we talk about gaming and, and nerd, nerd stuff and anime. Um, but coming from two, two dudes that are part of the LBGT community and minorities, there was actually a really interesting thing that happened this week I just want to talk about real quick. Yeah, go for it. Um, so League of Legends, uh, which I'm not like I'm still like just on like the precipice of like both like League and Dota and like understanding them better, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there's a team called the Renegades that won a um, a victory that secured them a spot in the next League of Legends Championship Series or like LCS, um, which is like LCS is like the really the, like the big deal I guess, um, and it had the first woman player to ever hit LCS. That's awesome. Which is huge because, yeah. like, you know, we don't. That's one of the things I noticed when I was watching the Dota tournaments is like there's no women in, in the Dota uh, tournaments. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because she plays uh, Thresh, who is kind of well known as being really, really difficult to play with well. Like, he's not an easy. There's, there's characters in League that are easier to pick up than others for sure. Um, and then there's, you know, characters that are really hard to play but tend to be really rewarding if you know how to play them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because she just. Her team just won, and she I, I, I saw some clips, and she does like she does a great job on her team too, playing Thresh. Um, there's another a, a Thresh player um, who is is really really well known, mm-hmm. uh, who like gave her some uh, like props. He was like he's known as like the kind of like the god of playing Thresh. Yeah, I think it's this guy Mad Life. I think, um, and even uh, I think it was even him that was like. Uh, I think he even like gave her some props for playing or something like that. Um, but it was interesting. She went on Reddit because there was some controversy about what was going on uh, after the the championship, and to clarify, and she made this statement about how she's she's thinking about leaving League mm-hmm. uh, now that she's done this. Like before, even like the the big like the it's like if you had basically gone through the playoffs and you won like that final playoff game before the finals mm-hmm. and they're like cool i'm gonna dip out now um and it's interesting because she she basically talks about that she just wanted to be the first girl in lcs and that was like her motive her motivation and her dream mm-hmm. and now she's accomplished that and she does talk about how and and from what i've gathered too it appears that she's also trans um oh which is like to me like even more interesting. Yeah. Um, but she's like very, very. Uh, that's a, a personal thing, obviously, and like mm-hmm. some people choose to be more open about that, yeah. and some people don't. Um, she actually asked Riot 
during the uh, competition that got them into LCS to like not have her on camera as much as possible because mm-hmm. usually they have a camera showing the players while they play. Mm-hmm. Um, she felt more comfortable when they won, so she like didn't run backstage immediately. She like out and, and like celebrated with her players, so she was on camera a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But she has like said that it is because of the. Um, she says in the thing, she says, I really honestly, truly hate so many people uh, like talking about just like how toxic and League is League and Dota are both really toxic communities. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it sucks, I think, because as a as a woman player and as uh, I think and she doesn't talk about it much, but I think you know, probably also as a trans player, mm-hmm. there's just so much bullshit thrown her way. Yeah, I'm sure that and I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine that probably factors in partially to to what uh to her decision to like be like cool i do what i want to do i might leave um she said she's reconsidering now because there was a huge like a bunch of people came out in support and was like you're awesome you're an inspiration please don't leave league like at least go through lcs and see how far you can get you guys can get yeah um but i thought it was interesting that something else she said that i thought was interesting um she says, uh, I just wanted to be known that I accomplished my goal for real and I accomplished it for me, my teammates, and girls in esports. That's it. No one else. Don't fucking put me on some LGBT, uh, LGBT agenda or some bullshit and bring that up. That's not me. I don't believe in that. I don't want messages acknowledging that part of my life. Sorry. Yeah. Which I think's interesting because, like, um, it's. Me and my girlfriend had a really like spirited discussion about it because we kind of came down on two different sides. I think that's an interesting thing to see because I don't usually it's like if you are part of LGBT in a especially in a community where that's like not common, mm-hmm. you're sort of um, people expect you to be this like big vocal voice for it, and right? Be an icon for it, right? And to be like, see, and she's actively being like, don't fucking make this about that. Don't put me on that. Don't like that's that's like my business and it's no one else's. Right. So don't make it about that. Right. Um, and even as we're talking about it now, like I'm kind of trying to like not make it about that too. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's interesting because uh, I, I, I respect that. And then I also too. see how some people can find it offensive in the LGBT community mm-hmm. that it's like to, I, I think to say it the way she said it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, don't, don't put me on some LGBT, LGBT agenda or some bullshit. I could see like people being like, "Whoa!" Because that language does sound sort of like that sort of gamer gateish type language that gets used for that sort of thing. Right, right, and I think I think probably it's because that that kind of response came from. I mean, this is all this is all an assumption, of course. Like that kind of response comes from that from that very thing that you were talking about. How like the second that you do something, and as kind of current as LGBT issues are, and then kind of being and kind of us being normalized into society and being like, well, that's just who they are. And that's not, it's not like it has to be escalated and, and made into the spectacle and all that stuff. Because again, some people just don't want to have that kind of pressure and being put and being put on that kind of, on that kind of a pedestal. Other people, I'll wrote myself in that situation as well, being someone that I don't care. Like, yeah, you can, you can make it about that if you want to, that's fine. I mean, I'm still a person at the end of the day, but I can definitely see some people that I know personally reacting um, reacting negatively to the way that she said that because it's coming off as if like, oh, well, she doesn't want to be associated with the, with, with, the, with the community and this and that. But also to the point of it's her business and it's her life to put out whatever she wants to put out. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's her story and it's her, it's her experience. So whether she wants to discuss that publicly or not, it's her business. And for other people to kind of speak on her behalf to something that is very personal 
yeah, I would be kind of like, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, that's nobody else's business but mine. And mm-hmm. for you to make it about that is really kind of, it's messed up because it's none of your business but mine. Yeah, it, it seems like, um, and that's this part of like where I talk about like, you know, where you fall on that spectrum and how mm-hmm. if you're too far either direction, it's bad. Like, right. you know, if you're, if you're like going to be a shithead about it and you're like, you know, going to say hurtful transphobic things about this player because, a, you know, A, because she's a woman, B, because she's trans. And, you know, those are two things that, that the gaming community tends to not be kind to. Yeah. Um, like at all. Right. Uh, it's funny because I wonder. I feel like if it was the other way around and it was a like female to male trans, it would maybe be not quite as bad. You would still get the trans blowback, I think, but yeah. you wouldn't maybe get the female uh, blowback that is just inherent in games, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I could see, I think on the other side of it, though, I think it's fucked up to, like, if you are part of the LGBT community and you see, you know, I understand being upset at the way that maybe she said it because it was pretty harsh. Yeah. But I think if you're like, no, you have a responsibility that you have to now like stand up and be like the you know the liaison for the LGBT community to League of Legends to make other LGBT people realize that you can you know you can be a part of this community and play. That I think is also fucked up because yep. it's dehumanizing to me. Yep. Like you're ignoring them and their wishes as a person. Like right. by all means, if you have the energy and you want to take on that battle because it is a battle and yeah. it does require a lot of energy more mm-hmm. power to you i think that's an awesome and positive thing to do yeah. but i think it's just as understandable to be like don't make this about like lgbt issues because that's like that's really not what i want to talk about what right. this is right. like i did this for me as a girl to show other girls that it can be done and that's it yeah. um i just i just thought it was really really interesting and it just sucks because you know again you have a lot of people being like, oh, it's not that, you know, if girls want to be in the community, they'll be in the community. Or, like, uh, you know, it's because they're not good, so they get frustrated. And I'm like, here's a player who is amazing, who is making it into LCS, which is insanely difficult to do. Yeah. And who's talking about leaving. And she doesn't cite it exactly there that it's because of harassment, but she also talks about harassment uh, and that, like, it makes it, she, like, hates the, like, the communities on Reddit and online that do this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because of, you know, obviously all the shit she gets. And yeah, like why it's tough to want to be somewhere, even if you love the thing that it's associated with, if everyone else appears to not want you there. Yeah. Um, it was the same thing. I don't know if I brought it up last week, but like when I was watching the Dota championships and every time their sideline reporter Casey was on screen, the Twitch stream just like got gross, just crazy, crazy gross. And it's like, you know, it was like generally gross uh, as far as like racism and other like bullshit uh, like the entire time because it's the internet and it's anonymous and it's like you know young kids being dumb yep. um, and I have to remind myself that like a lot of these people are probably like really young kids being dumb who just you know haven't been taught better yet um, but the moment Casey came on like the content of the grossness definitely changes to all about like her being a woman um, yeah totally and it just it just sucks that that's like we have great people that are passionate about games that are really good at them that are interesting to watch and it's hard for them to want to stay in the community yeah blows. yeah it, it, it yeah it's, it's definitely a part of it like i know I, I know that i get a little bit of it too um not of course nowhere near to that extent but like we have a lot of female players that play smash competitively in, Nor- in norcal and do really well and whenever they have a match on stream they're like oh it's a girl it's a girl it's a girl it's a girl it's like you guys like Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. like, calm down. And then, like, like if, if there's a rule of thumb with Twitch chat, it's 
Twitch chat is typically a really toxic place. So whenever you're trying to watch a stream of like a really like high profile tournament or just a tournament stream in general, like ignore it and then watch the content. Don't don't contribute to to the festering monster that is Twitch chat. But mm-hmm. just enjoy enjoy the content and then have those conversations with people that you actually enjoy having conversations about games with and let it be about that. But don't 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 feed into the monster that is Twitch chat. It's typically a really, really bad place. But um, I, I am seeing some some changes here and there, at least with the with our streams in general, um, just because they're seeing the same people week after week after week after week. They're seeing me week after week after week after week. And they're like, and then when new people come into the chat and they're like, I'll just see it in passing. And they're like, is that guy gay? It's like, I, I think that it's pretty, pretty fucking obvious that I'm a raging homosexual <laughs> by wearing, I wear fucking itty bitty little shorts because it's too fucking hot. On, on stream and then they see and it looks camera. so good oh, as a thing thank, yeah and they're like and got the booty got the booty and, oh, yeah, the booty game is on point and one of the and one of the guys was like he's like you were gonna turn so many straight boys <laughs> because of them because of them <laughs> legs though and i'm like listen i don't I, I i don't i don't that's not what i'm i'm not trying to like bring out some sort of like thick thighs save lives pheromones or whatever or whatever that is or whatever you guys mm-hmm. are whatever whatever it is but that's just what my mama gave me that's just well, what it is and it's cool because i think like um and like this like i think speaks to why representation in those yeah. places are important too because um you know i think if you if you have dudes that are you know otherwise homophobic or whatever else um on that Twitch chat, and they're watching Showdown or something, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Man, I love DJ. He's a great commentator. Like, I really, he's funny, and I like watching him and everything else." And they don't realize you're gay, <laughs> like yeah. for some reason, some crazy. I don't know how they wouldn't, but like right. some crazy reason they don't know. And then like they find out, you know, I think like you give a person a choice at that moment where it's like they can either stick with their hate for no reason, yeah, or or they go like, "Oh, like why would I suddenly stop? Why would I suddenly start disliking them?" When I've liked them this entire time, because of one thing that literally changes nothing. Exactly, exactly. And what's cool is that we're fostering um, a behavior, or like we're fostering a, a better, a better behavior within our community. And when they see people say things like that, they're pretty much um, our our um, our mods are so great, and they'll just like delete the comment, or they're like they'll ban the person, or whatever, or whatever it is that they're saying anything that's hateful. So we're we're fostering this behavior, and then people are just like, dude, like what the hell? Like it doesn't like like why does it matter? So it's cool to seeing that shift happening, and I think that having being visible is is a huge thing when it comes to this kind of stuff, and it kind of being normalized is all part of the process. Um, like I don't go, I don't, I don't. My my objective by doing this isn't but isn't by like me going out there and being a spectacle. Um, mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. me being me, and then hopefully that if there are people that are considering wanting to play a Smash competitively or or playing games competitively in general and they see that there are people that are like them that that are that are voices in the in those communities or people that are they're they're a person that is relevant or whatever that looks like just someone that they can identify themselves with like mm-hmm. that's awesome and that's all that i could ask for um and like people have come to me um just asking like oh like how is it safe for people that are trans and this and that i'm like yeah the come as you are like i'm like if you need anything like i've got you and and all that stuff so i think people that want to step up to the plate to be to be those kind of like um beacons for and for others is is an incredibly great thing to do and if you don't want to be one of those and you happen to be lgbt or whatever 
you don't have to be. There's no obligation for you to do that and for people to make other people feel as if they have to do one or the, the they have to do one and if they don't do it, they're they're a bad person. It's completely messed up. So yeah, 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as far to say that it's as fucked up, but yeah. it is it is very to me it's 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 really really bad and it's yeah. really really toxic and yeah, and definitely uh, I think I think what happens there is now um, someone who already feels maybe outcast or doesn't like they don't fit in uh, in some ways you are now like taking away another place they could fit in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where we lose a lot of people. You know, there's, there's such high suicide rates in the LGBT uh, yeah. community. Absolutely. Because I think you have, you have that issue where it's like, cool, I don't belong in most of society. And you know, when there's this tiny bit of society that does accept me when mm-hmm. they're now mad at me because I don't want to be public uh, the same way about it or like, you know, really be super outspoken about it. And now they're, they're calling me all these terrible things mm-hmm. um, and being like really bad to me. I'm like, that's where you put someone in that place where they have nothing. And yeah. that's where it gets really easy to, to, for people to make those decisions. So there's like, you know, not want to exist anymore. Yeah. And it sucks. It sucks. It's, it's fucking awful. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, well, serious discussion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we kind of, we kind of just rolled into it, but uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it's a conversation that inevitably would have happened, or should have, or should have happened. But yeah, um, yeah, I think that was awesome. Um, but yeah, we've got some to lighten the mood. We've got some fun stuff um, as well. Um, I know I mentioned this to you before we recorded, and as you guys know, if you've listened to all two previous shows <laughs> that Ruben and I are really big weeaboos and love anime and are just gigantic trash piles. So, oh man, I need to do like a what to watch like we ha- yes episode. Yes. Like next like every like after like the first three episodes of a season, I'll do like a let's we'll talk about what you should watch this season uh, episode yes. if you want to watch some anime. If you don't like anime, don't I mean still listen because it's gonna be funny probably. Yeah. But like <laughs> But then start watching it because it's great. Yes. Oh, yeah. We definitely need to do that. We definitely need to do that. But um, it's more Naruto stuff. So Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, which is coming out for PlayStation 4, Steam, and PS3. Um, and Xbox One, I think, as well. Um, mm. They um, are adding the, the the versions of Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura from the Naruto last movie when they're, you know, where they're adults. They're, well, quote-unquote adults are like 19 and... 20 and all that stuff so they're 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 big kids now and those versions of them are going to be playable and i saw some gameplay footage and it looks really cool of course naruto can do all the things because he's naruto he's the main character but um yeah i mean we're getting a lot of really cool stuff they're really kind of packing this game out to be like the ultimate naruto experience by having like every iteration of each of these characters and their most iconic moves and all of that stuff so it looks like it's going to be a really really fun game CyberConnect 2 makes an incredible action game, like, between, like, the Naruto games and um, Asura's Wrath. They're really, really fun, fun projects, and they feel like episodes of really, really good action shown in anime. So, yeah, the game's coming out early in 2016. That's going to be mm-hmm. fun, and I'm sure we'll probably stream that and just oh be, God, yeah. be giant, tra- <laughs> like, anime trash piles about it. So that'll be fun. What um, would be interesting to me, because, like, Naruto games are fun, but they're never really balanced. Like, most anime fighters aren't balanced. Yeah. Uh, I, would be, I would be curious to see a Naruto game that's, like, actually balanced and was viable for, for like, tournament play. I just yeah. don't think it'll ever happen, because I think y- you would take a lot of the fun out of the powers, probably, if you did that. Yeah, it'd be a lot of streamlining of the powers, and it kind of stops being a thing that kind of showcases those characters and all the stuff that they did in the anime. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean... 
you can do it, because um, there have been Dragon Ball games, and they were actually getting a Dragon Ball Z fighting game um, for the 3DS that's pretty much like Marvel vs. Capcom, which should be pretty oh, nice. cool. Um, so I think it's possible. Um, whether or not it's something that they want to do remains to be seen, but it's possible. But I think that these games, as they are, like do a really good job. It's a love letter to the anime entirely. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Naruto stuff, man. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. We got that. We got uh, uh, D23s this weekend, which is the big Disney um, conference convention deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's been like, I mean, nerd news about like Star Wars and whatever else. Um, oh, something I actually, so there's a new poster they had there for Star Wars, which yeah. I'm going to say, like, if you are worried about, it's not, a, I mean, I don't know if it's a big spoiler or not, because it's going to be on a poster that you're going to start seeing around anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you're really sensitive about Star Wars, like, you know, spoilers, I guess, like, don't listen for a minute. Um, but on the new poster, it has uh, um, Boyega, the guy who um, is in the uh, the stormtrooper outfit in the trailer, the original, mm-hmm. the uh, the first lecture that came out. Mm-hmm. It has him holding the lightsaber. So Ooh. I was like, okay, so are we now to assume that he's a he's going to be a Jedi? That he's force sensitive? Because I'm like, that's a big thing to me, like to just tell us straight up on the poster. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I know there's going to be, like, new Jedi, for sure. Definitely. Um, my biggest assumption was that, like, the, the girl character is, like, you know, going to be a new Jedi of some sort. But on mm-hmm. that poster, it, they got Boyega with the lightsaber, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I would have liked to have found that out in the movie, maybe. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, it feels like they're taking away, like, a really cool reveal. But um, who, who knows what, the, what the, this, these movies have in store. I'm excited about them, again, as someone that's not really big into Star Wars. Um, I'm interested to see it just because I think it, I think it looks visually amazing. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I love the world of the Star Wars universe and all that stuff. I think it's really cool, but I'm, I'm just not like in, in it, in that whole, um, that fandom. So kind of being like um, someone that appreciates it and is kind of like an onlooker of the fandom. And I'm, and I'm happy for all those people that are super hyped up about it, of course. So I want them to feel their fantasy and have a really good time with that, with that movie. We get it. You're above Star Wars, DJ. We get it. <laughs> it's I like, just, sorry, I don't have time. I'm in this platoon fandom. Yeah, I'm, I'm too. I'm too busy rewatching Sailor Moon for like the tenth time <laughs> over and over and over again to be a part of your shitty culturally, uh, you know, impactful. Right. I'm too busy watching Sailor Moon again. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, also, out of D23 was uh, there's a little bit of Kingdom Hearts three information, not a lot, just yep. mainly that Big Hero six is going to be World in it, which is awesome. Yes, it's a great like that's going to be such a fun. I mean, I hope so, but I think it's I think it, there's a lot of potential there for a really fun world. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I really I'm I'm expecting to see some really cool stuff of like being able to maneuver through San Francisco like as Sora and then like mm-hmm. the battling Heartless in in a place that is based off of a city that I can drive 15 minutes to and I can be there, but it's infused with all this anime bullshit that we both love is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that, with that world. And then on the poster, like Sora was writing Baymax. So yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. Which I am to assume that Baymax will just be a summon. Mm -hmm. Or, Or he might, I mean like they do, um, Every world has, like, that fourth Disney character that joins up. Yeah. So I'm curious if he's going to be that role. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm, I'm either one. Either, yeah. either one. I'm, I'm totally down for it. It looks, it looks really cool. Um, even though me, m- the cynical Square Enix Kingdom Hearts person that I am, even though we're not going to get Kingdom Hearts 3 until, like, 2045 and on PlayStation 9, 
<laughs> everything that I see that, that they've shown of the game so far looks really, really good. And if it comes out on this console cycle, which I'm, which I'm, I know that it will. We're probably it's about, gonna. We're gonna be two years out from it, I think. But I, yeah, I think we're gonna get it sometime 2017. I yeah. think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, because yeah. they gotta get Final Fantasy. I think they're saying Final Fantasy 15 is gonna be next year, and they're they're shooting for a global launch. Yep, yep. So I think we'll see 15 like fall or winter next year, which means Kingdom Hearts won't be the same year for sure. That'd be yeah, crazy. That would be really crazy to have both those games in one year. But I'm looking forward to it either way. It's gonna be a lot of fun. What if they what if they really fuck up Big Hero Six and instead of it being like cool exploring San Francisco, uh, you just ride Baymax and it's like a gummy ship level? Like it's it's all just it's just one big gummy ship level, the entire thing. It's gonna be like the like the, the Little Mermaid level in Kingdom Hearts two, which is just no. like a rhythm game. No. <laughs> <laughs> and like I love rhythm games, but I was like, This is this is not this is terrible. Yeah, I was like, this is bullshit when that when I was playing that. Um, Except for tur- Turtle Goofy. Turtle Goof- Goofy was on point. Turtle, I was down with that. Turtle Goofy. Yeah, but Merman, Merman Sora, I was like, nah. Nah. Nah, not my, not my jam. Not, no. And speaking of jam. Oh, I, wow. <laughs> do, you like the, wow. You, do you like that segue? Dude, you're like, you're like the king I'm of so segues. I'm so good. I'm Just so, you always like, so I don't good. man. So good. I'm so good. But um, my favorite character from, um, from the previous Guilty Gear games Jam Kuda Doberi is going to be in Guilty Gear Exard Revelator, which is the the latest arcade build of Guilty Gear Exard, which is available on PS4 and PS3, and it's the most beautiful two and a half D fighting game on the planet. Like I, uh, next to the Naruto games, are pretty. It's, it's gorgeous. I didn't know who Jam was in Guilty Gear, so I went to go Google it, mm-hmm. and for some reason, and I do this all the time in Google, I just typed in Jam and Googled it. <laughs> so he got you like, <laughs> like, like jars of Jam, like yeah. Mary and I was just like, wait, this isn't. I don't know. Sometimes I Google stuff like I'm one of my own parents, where I'm just like, oh, Jam, interesting. What's what does the internet have to say about this Jam character? <laughs> and I was just like, fuck, that's not gonna help at all. Let me type in Jam Guilty Gear like a actual like savvy internet user. <laughs> God. Yeah, she was really cool, and she did like lots of martial <laughs> like martial arts, um, and had a bunch of different um, ability enhancing uh, enhancing things that she could do. Lots of kicks, kind of. She's kind of like the Chun Li of the game, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh man, she looks. She's gonna be so cool. I'm really excited to see her like in in the new in like the Guilty Gear Exard art style. Um, but um, she's gonna come a little bit later after Guilty Gear Revelator is out in arcades. And Revelator drops in Japan in arcades, I believe, at the end of this month. And there's two new characters they added. Um, a new character to the series called Jacko, and she's really, really cool. I like her design a lot. And then they put in uh, Johnny, who is the guy that wears the sunglasses and has um, and has this really cool hat um, that was in the, all the previous games and was really, really cool. But um, for some reason, wasn't in, the, in, in this latest build. But they put him in there now. So I feel like we're going to get a lot more characters from the previous games in them in expansion so kind of like a la street fighter 4 which mm. take it or leave that business model as you so choose we'll take it or leave <laughs> it but um i think that's what's going to happen with guilty gear as well but um yeah um some pretty cool yeah, stuff so, so revelator is not it's not a new game it's like or i mean i guess it is but it's it's the same way it's like street fighter versus like ultimate street fighter 4 turbo or whatever, yeah right exactly so it's like okay. like how there's like street fighter 4 they're like super street fighter 4 then super mega ultra street fighter 4 bullshit edition um so it's kind of like that so and the thing of it is, is that this business model works in Japan, and it works in Japan only because arcades are still relevant, and our, the arcade scene is very much 
alive and intact in Japan, but it's not in the U.S. So I have a lot of fans who are like, oh, why is this game only coming out in arcades? Because the same thing where people are saying that about the, the new Final Fantasy Dissidia game, which is only in arcades right now in Japan, which it looks so good. Oh, my God. Um, but what, what they do is that they release these games in arcades in Japan, and they basically, it's basically like doing focus group testing because they do location tests at really popular arcades and in Japan and all that stuff. And they see if people think the game is fun and if they like it or if the game is unbalanced, all that stuff. And they can just update those games to the arcade cabs with like, they can just do updates to them. And that's mm -hmm. all that they need to do. So uh, inevitably these games do come, come to the US, but since the arcade scene isn't alive, once the game is like, Okay, cool. It's good. It's good in arcades. It's been out in arcades for a while. We'll go ahead and push this to consoles, and then we'll push from from the, we'll push it to consoles globally. So that's essentially what that process is. I know there there's probably a lot more to it than that. I'm overly simplifying it, of course, but but um, that model works in Japan. So by the time the games come over here, it's been tested and it's they've done the balancing and all that good stuff, and then we get a package of a more complete game than what we were seeing in arcades in Japan. So. While the process is probably about a year to a year, six months to a year out longer than it does in Japan, but it's cool because we get a, we get a really great product by the time it comes out on, on consoles um, globally. So, is uh, is Exert the like accepted pronunciation of that that title for Guilty Gear? Yeah, so they actually say it in okay. in the game. So um, when you turn, no, the game I didn't on, think that you're wrong. I, yeah. I was just curious because I was like, I, I was like, is it Zerd? Is it? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I thought it, yeah. So he's like, the, and I was like, Guilty Gear Exard, and I'm like, oh, cool, all right, that's what that's what it's called. So Guilty Gear Eggs Hard, cool, Eggs Hard, Eggs Eggs Hard, Eggs yeah. Over Easy, coming soon. Yeah, that's maybe the next expansion. <laughs> exactly, is Guilty Gear Eggs Scrambled. Um, <laughs> do they still do the uh, the Heaven or Hell yep. at the beginning? Oh yep. yeah, so the good. Best. Yeah, heavily rock and roll influenced. I love that. It's gonna be so mm -hmm. good. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much all like the news that we kind of had to go over today, and I'm really excited because we've got our first ever viewer mail. People are listening to the podcast. They're listening to the podcast. Yay, we're not just speaking to the internet. No one gives a shit. People actually like what we have to say about something, apparently. so. Well, that, that's a bit of an assumption. That, that, but that, that is an assumption. <laughs> someone, but someone wrote in, which is someone, awesome. Someone wrote in, which is pretty cool. So I'll go ahead and I will, and I will read this because we've also stated before if you are interested in being a guest on our show, um, to email us and let us know. So it's part part of this email is that as well. So our first ever viewer mail comes from Alfonso Hernandez, um, and the subject line was applying to be a guest. Dot 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 third. Dot 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 assist. Dot 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 summon question mark. Third or spicy. Ooh, I like yeah. it. I like it. I can get into it. <laughs> um, and it says, hi guys, um, I think it would be a lot of fun to be a part of one of your podcasts. I really love that you're doing this kind of podcast. The past few episodes have been very friendly, and by that I mean anyone can listen to it and not feel excluded. You talk about the gamer community and LGBTQ issues in the industry, but you've been doing it in a way that I feel anybody can jump in on the conversation, and it doesn't feel like you're making it exclusive. I hope you welcome me on. P.S. I'm also very much salty about Mario RPG. Like, come on, Nintendo. Don't tell me you can't hear all the fans screaming in your ear for a damn HD remake. Don't tell me those lies, boo-boo. P.S.S. I love weeb, weeb trash. I'd love to talk about that term because I know some people think it's awful and some people embrace it with humor, like you and I both do. I mm -hmm. actually need a shirt. I need a shirt that I saw 
with that it has um, that it has on it. It has Luna on the top of, of the logo. So I guess there's a Weebu trash shirt that has Luna from Sailor Moon on top of it, mm-hmm. which I, I need that shirt as well. So if you find that, Alfonso, please tweet at us and I will buy it. <laughs> yeah it's uh, <laughs> uh yeah thanks for thanks for sending the email uh alfonso and yeah like yeah let's let's get you on at some point that'd be cool yeah that'd be um cool. it's it i do want to talk about the weeb thing because that is interesting and it is something that like some people are like offended by it mm-hmm. um so it, the funny thing is like i know the guy who coined the phrase weeaboo mm-hmm. like it's not it's recent um he was uh He's a, he's a guy, he's a, a friend of mine here in Atlanta. He's a good dude. Uh, he used to be a moderator for 4chan way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think the word weeaboo first shows up in a Perry Bible Fellowship comic, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a uh, completely nonsense word. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, the purpose of it in it is, like, literally as something that is just, like, nonsense. Um, but I think at some point what happened was uh was it got used in 4chan as a term for people that were really into like Japanese stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I think like it could have been it could have been something offensive initially, but everyone I know that uses it, like I don't know, I've never used I've never heard anyone like actually use it um in a hateful manner. Yeah. Like I've I only hear it as sort of like a uh really self-aware acknowledgement mm-hmm. to like self-identify as like yeah i'm into like a lot of like you know because it's easier than being like i'm into like like japanese stuff and like mm-hmm. pocky and anime <laughs> and like dojinsi <laughs> like because <laughs> like yeah when i think about it i'm like oh yeah, i do like japanese stuff a lot like in general culture uh, cultural wise too mm-hmm. but it's yes it's not just anime though it's like i like manga and I like doujin i like mm-hmm. uh you know fuck you sometimes <laughs> like i'm into all that stuff yeah um so it's a good catch-all. So I don't know. I, I think it's fine. I think if people feel like it's offensive, but I just I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I've never been in a situation where I'm like someone's like, yeah, that guy's a weeb. Yeah, fuck that guy. Like, it's never happened. I've yeah. never seen that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen that happen either. Like, it's. Um, I don't. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't find it to be derogatory, but um, I I do see the side of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I wear my weebu badge with pride. And it's it's interesting because it's like there's a similar discussion I had recently with some friends about the word waifu because mm-hmm. that I sort of understand a little bit more mm-hmm. because it is it is this weird sort of it's it's imi- it's a little bit like of a imitation of like not Japanese Japanese but I'm also if I remember correctly I have to double check I'm pretty sure like Japanese people say waifu too like mm-hmm. I think the term is used in both respects so again it's like I don't know. I think it's fucked up, like, if you call a person, like, if you see an Asian girl and you're like, oh, I want her to be my waifu, that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, that's racist. It's, like, yeah, straight, it up, straight up racist. racist. Yeah. Um, if you're, like, talking about, like, you're, like, an anime character that you think is cute, or, like, you're like, oh, a husbando, because, like, those are, again, things that I've heard, like, and I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure my girlfriend speaks Japanese, so she would be a good person to, to ask about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, or a Japanese person for yeah. sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure like you'll hear those terms used in Japan also. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's going to be offended by different stuff for sure. And I, I want us to be as like uh, as accepting and like open and involved as possible. But at yeah. the same time, I think there's stuff where I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't really see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're definitely going to have things like that because. Like I, like I said that to you, I was like, oh, there's there's my husbando chan. There, there, mm-hmm. there, there he is doing stuff, being cute, 
being part. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like never, never, never. Just like I, cause I, I see like dudes do it all the time. Just like never, never call an Asian chick a wife. Yeah, that's never. Just do like that. don't do that. That is don't so, ever do that. That's that a person. So bad. That's a real life person. Yeah. If you're like, oh, this anime girl's cute. She's my, I'm gonna go get a wife you figure of her. Then it's like that's fine. If you yeah. want to say that, that's that's fucking cool. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh man. But um, yeah. I think that pretty much wraps it up. We got our first viewer mail. Thank you, Alfonso Thank Hernandez. You. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank yeah. you for for submitting. And if you too have something to say. We can read your name or not if you don't want to, you know, yeah. if you don't want people to know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, we can yeah, if you if you want us want us to call you by like your online handle or whatever that whatever that is, we can definitely do that. That's cool. Um but yeah, feel free to write to us at thejoystickjockeys at gmail.com. There's also a form on the website on thejoystickjockeys.com as well. You could just go ahead and write that all up in there and say whatever you want to say. Um, you don't have to necessarily use the form that's on our website, but you can if you want to. Um, email us. We want to hear what you guys have to say. If you're interested in being on the show, let us know in an email or tweet at us at Joystick Jockeys on Twitter or at me and Ruben respectively. I'm oh, hey, DJ on Twitter. And I'm at uh, R-O-O-B-O-T-S, uh, Rubots at Twitter. Um, be sure to like check into our personal Twitters and Joystick Jockeys um, in case we're streaming games. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to start doing that more often now, especially if I'm playing something newish. Yeah. Uh, to like you know tune in and watch the stream. Yep. Um, you can find uh, outside of Joystick Jockeys, I do a lot of comedy stuff. So um, if you go on iTunes, there is uh, Ed, Tom, and Ruben. Is uh, it's me and two guys that I've been doing improv and comedy with for the past eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a podcast. We have two. Uh, that you'll get if you just subscribe to Ed Tom and Ruben, you'll get both of them. One of them is Brown Bagging, where it's just us having lunch and just talking about whatever topic we get from um, uh, our listeners, and uh, that's just a fun little easy thing. And then we have a uh, we have a podcast called Welcome to Super Basement that is a fully improvised kind of like radio show. It has like pr- there's like production value to it. Like we go in and add sound effects and stuff um, after we record, nice. and it's uh, it's real fun. So yeah, if you you can get Ed Tom and Ruben. Uh, presents, I think it's just Ed Tom Rubin actually on iTunes. Subscribe, you'll get all that stuff. Let us know. Uh, let me know what you think about it. Um, that's my personal plug for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny. I love the brown bag and videos. They're they're pretty hilarious. Like the one mm-hmm. the one where you guys had the four locos was hilarious. I was listening oh, to that yeah. at work, and I'm like, this is this is great. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's dumb. It's real dumb. If you yeah. like dumb stuff, you'll you'll enjoy it. I love it. I thought it was amazing. And yeah, um, every week I know I've talked about it a couple of times, but you can find me on Twitch. Every Thursday, every Thursday night um, from like 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to midnight. So if you're on the East Coast, that's like 9, oh, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, 9 p.m. to like 3 o'clock in the morning, which I know that's really, really late for you guys. But um, we, I'm, I commentate a tournament called Come On and Ban. It's a Smash, 4 Wii, uh, Smash Wii U tournament. It's really, really fun. We have a lot of really amazing players, so I'm definitely um, commentating all of those with, along with some really great people from um, the Northern California Smash 4 community. Um, we do this podcast. Um, I draw a bunch of shit, so you can see all of that if you follow me on Twitter and buy my stupid Super Smash Brothers shirts and my Splatoon shirts and all that fun stuff. So if you want to get artwork from me, you can definitely do that. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it from us. Um, we love you guys. We think you're amazing. We hope that you've enjoyed all three of our shows. And I think um, you and I talked about this before, that we're going to move to... Uh, a weekly format because we just love you guys so much and we love doing this. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I think we both have the time. So yeah, yeah look forward to um, instead of having to wait two weeks, you will just have to wait a week to yep. hear us again. Yep. So we're gonna do that, and uh, we can kind of stay a little bit more abreast to everything that is. Up. <laughs> Are you laughing? You said breast. Yeah, because I said boob because I'm 12. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we, can, we can kind of stay more in tune with what's going just like, on in you know, games. Stay a cock. To stay, things. stay a cock. Yeah. To what's going on in games? And okay, cool. Anime. We should make that a, a thing that people say. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna stay a breast, you might as well stay a cock you or a butthole or whatever else. <laughs> like just any sexualized body part. Yeah. Which yes. could be anything. You can be an elbow be, to something. It could be anything. I don't know. I don't know what gets you off. I don't know. I don't know what 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 you know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. That's your. That's your own business. That's fine. But you're gonna stay on top of it. That's the important. But we get, I'm part. going. I'm go, we're going to stay on top of all the things about games and anime bullshit and all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> we love you guys. You're amazing, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>